Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. Well, like I always say, I should have just started recording for the word go because we've already had a very insightful, <laughs> lovely conversation. But I must say thank you so much, Barbara Romani, for being on The Bra and the Brave. You are very welcome. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I feel like I was pure like fangirling you because I was watching you on the telly last night and now you're <laughs> on my podcast. Oh, that's so nice. I know, poor you, having to get like a double dose. Away, no, listen, I was just like loving it all. Like, I mean, so massive fan of Interior Design Masters. Um, you were season or series yes. two, is that correct? Yes, yeah, series two. And um, I just love your designs. Thank you. <laughs> and I've got so many questions, June, but do you know the first thing I thought? I thought, how, like, how have you arrived at this amazing career? See, when you were younger, were you one of these people that are like, moving the furniture about the bedroom every weekend, painting the walls, like sticking stuff up. Was that was that classic you when you were a young person? I mean, I did a lot of that. I grew up, um, my my mum's a curtain maker and an upholsterer, so we grew up and she did a lot of that as well. It was kind of, it, you know, seeing that happening around your house, I would come home and it was like, there would be a tile laid out in the hallway. I'd be like, what's that? And then I'd come back the next day and the whole place would be redone or it was like, it would set off from like one new pillow and then the whole all the colour would change and... You know, uh, she she was um, and is really really talented. So, um, so that I think being around that that was it, it. It always helps when you are seeing it. You know, seeing somebody else doing that career, and it just um, yeah, it was definitely something that kind of sparked things off for me. You know, sometimes she would take me to people's houses while she was hanging curtains. Oh, so it was really inspiring and really kind of like uh, yeah, a, a really kind of great place to start. So I was very lucky. But I've always been a visual person. Um, I'm quite. I've always been quite a creative um, person in different ways, but but um, yeah, I learn in a visual way as well. You know, even at school, I would kind of learn visually somehow. You know, um, and that would help me kind of memorize things and stuff. So, so yeah, that's where it started. And where were you growing up exactly? So I grew up in the south side of Glasgow, cool. south side of Shawlands. Um, All right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I grew up there. And um, yeah, as I said, oh my God, we're going back. So the school, uh, yeah, it was art. It was the art that I was into. I actually wanted to go into fine art, um, but I think I was kind of nudged in the direction of architecture at the end of school because it was just seen as a sort of safer um, career choice to go into. Um, but I've always had that kind of more, slightly more um, creative. I don't know if I had the the um, sort of technical mindset that you, you need to have for architecture. But I did a course in architecture, so I learned it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's what I actually went to Cardono College for um, a portfolio course as well. So I came out of school, did the portfolio course in Cardono and uh, that was amazing that allowed me to get into the Macintosh School of Art of Architecture and uh, yeah and the way architecture works is um, you do three years at uni then you do a year in business then you do another two years at uni and then you do your final year at business so seven it can be more than seven years um, altogether because the last year is called your part three and you the idea is that you kind of take a design from concept through to completion and then a qualified architect will sign it off for you. So I actually stopped at part two. I didn't go into the end, but I kind of knew at that point I wanted to try and, you know, change the direction of my career. And uh, yeah, so that's that was uh, my sort of changing point And that's when I moved to London. Ah, see, right. OK, getting the pathway now. And um, all the while studying architecture, were you still designing a, a room, colour, patterning, furniture? Was that something that you were still engaging in, even though you were you know, doing your studies in architecture? Yeah, I think when I was studying architecture, that was the thing that I always felt slightly frustrated that, you know, uh, the thought processes behind architecture are a lot about the way natural light fills the space. Um, you know, obviously, it's the technical side of how you actually build um, uh a building and but it's a lot to do with the kind of exterior how the building meets the ground and how everything is landscaped around it and so there's a lot and then you know you would actually get to the end design and it would be empty and you'd be like I just want to I just want to do that part now um, <laughs> and that's that's the stopping point and that's actually even now that I'm doing interior design that is 
even still a lot of my clients don't understand and it's still a great area as to where architecture and interior design meet because the two overlap actually and a lot of the decisions that an architect would make in terms of where plug sockets are where light fittings are positioned that is is it kind of comes into interior design as well because an interior designer might be you know deciding the style of the pendants that might be coming down the size of them so that then has an impact on what the architect is designing and what their you know kind of electrical layout is. Yeah. So so there there is this crossover, and I think studying architecture helped me really understand scale perspective. It really helped me so much. I got all of my kind of drawing skills and um you know presentation skills, design skills from there. I don't think I'd probably be able to have kind of kickstarted into my own business as quickly um as I did. Um, and be able to work with clients in that way um, if I hadn't had my architecture degree. So it kind of, yeah, sort of, it's it's integral to everything that I do now still. And was it the goal to work for yourself to start up your own business? Or have you worked in other spaces then and arrived at that decision that you wanted to have full control? I think there's possibly, um, there was possibly a little thing in my mind. I was never scared of the idea of it because, again, I saw my mum doing it as I was growing up. Um, so I think that always helps when you know you've got somebody uh, you know doing something in front of you and you can kind of it makes it sort of achievable or it's, it's something that you know you can touch it almost so um, so it wasn't scary for me to do it but I don't think I ever I, I didn't have any experience when I started up my interior design business in interior design so I'd gone up my journey again had kind of I'd finished architecture I decided I wanted to move into something else I did a, a massive U-turn actually, and I tried. I'm, I'm a musician as well. Like, how many, how many things can I possibly try? But no, I'm a musician. I was in a band for years, and then I came down and did um, an artist development course in London because I got this place in this course because I'm this band. I'm singer and I write songs and stuff. And we used to like, you know, we we did gigs, connect festival, like all different. I did that for quite a few years. What so this? the reason I came to London was actually to pursue music, and I did the course, and it was the. I think I was in the year below Ed Sheeran so it was a really great like course it was I was like right this is what I'm doing I'm focused now I'm in London I'm going to pursue it and I did it for a few years and I, I think I just I think I maybe it was a lack of confidence and maybe it was a lack of like you know it's just London it can grind at you when you're going years and years and you're I was working in just random jobs to kind of be able to pursue music and I think I got to around year four or no year three doing it I did three years of it and I thought mm, I think I need to just potentially go back down that design route I had so many skills there I know that I loved it like how am I going to get into it so so I did a slight segue for a couple of years which I think it was good it's like you just have to itch that scratch I think sometimes just to know what it's yes. like and know what that sometimes getting into a job I wish in school it was taught about the you know what that job is like, what your surroundings are always like, what your hours are like, what your... And I think, like, it was good for me to get into that and realise, I don't think this is the type of life I want to lead anyway. Mm. Um, so anyway, so that was really good for me to kind of, as I say, itch the scratch. And then I thought, right, now I can really focus in and do what I want to do and do what I'm good at. I'm actually really good at design. and But I ended up getting into visual merchandising. It was kind of like a friend, somebody knew a friend that was looking for a job. And I got this kind of part-time placement at L'Oreal doing... Um, it was kind of like uh, merchandising, but it was like, you know, the kind of cardboard stands yes. that you see in Boots and Superdrug and all that kind of thing. That's what I was sort of working with a team mm. and designing on. Not very inspiring work, I would say. I was like, I was, you know, when you're in a job and you don't really enjoy it, you're just quite crap at it. Really <laughs> That's quite rubbish. But I did it and it was great because then it led on to working um, as a window kind of designer. I was a team, uh, running a team of people for Space NK, which was a, oh, is a kind of like beauty company. That's when I started kind of uh, working with a team of people. We designed all the windows and then we rolled them out to kind of like 70 stores across the UK. So that was like all learning all the kind of logistics of how to, you know, kind of put together enormous campaigns and kind of roll them out like high end luxury, all that kind of thing. So so that was where that was where I got to. And uh, sorry, this is like the longest story of no, all time. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm just like, up. I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm like, you're a pure dark horse. But like, it makes sense that you have all, like you're drawn in all these inspirations from all these experiences. It seems like you're somebody who 
who does go after something that a you're good at but something that interests you and none of that has been wasted time like it sounds like the architecture and the, the music um and the visual merchandise and it all feeds back into you as a business owner because not only are you designing spaces like you're having to run a business do you know what I mean and that takes a, yeah. a massive amount of skill set that you'll have been drawn on all those different experiences you had you know and finding your way to, to what you do now yeah, I think so. I mean, I wear a lot of different hats. Yes. It is it's it's a it's a mad one. Like I think when you're working for a larger company, um, as I was with Space NK, they weren't massive company. They weren't like well, they were over in America, but they weren't like as in you are you're looking at a small part of the business. So you're kind of focused in when I was doing visual merchandising, I was focused in on the window designs and I would you know touch into the kind of different uh, the other different teams mm. um, and we would have a lot of meetings to kind of make sure everyone was in line but um yeah you're you're much more kind of focused in which is great because you become really really focused um you know and good at what you do but um when I I had my first son in London when I was still living in London and um and on my maternity leave I was like right I think this might potentially be my opportunity to put together a little portfolio of design interior design work to see whether I can you know try and get a um an interior design job that was my aim actually so it started off with um it was uh it was like my um my husband's cousin actually she was like we want to do our living room so she didn't pay me to do it but she said I'll just give you a budget do you want to just do it Mm -hmm. and they were in a rented property and stuff and I was like yeah okay that would be great so I kind of did that and that was right up until I was about to have the baby then I had the baby and I took a couple of months maybe a month actually and then somebody you know was like do you I'm I'm going to try and sell my apartment would you help me style it so I started going around to it and then the word got around the next person I'm trying to sell mine or can you come around and help me style mine and I just kept thinking well if I do these and take some pictures and then you know I didn't really know where it was going to lead but I had my son with me he would be crawling around on the floor I'd be like changing nappies then going up and like I mean I I was basically saying I'm literally on maternity leave so I wasn't getting paid to do any of it so I was just scrambling around trying to pull together some sort of portfolio and then I was coming to the end of my mat leave and I thought no I'm just going to go back into my job and the uh, one of the people who I had styled their homes for had uh you know sold their apartment moved into a new property in crouch end and they were like do you want to do you want to design our living room or and potentially like we want to do the whole house in the you know but we wanted to start off with a couple of rooms and i was like i'm gonna quit my job and i'm just gonna try this (laughs) and that was it i love that just like that you know that that belief in yourself that you've done enough (laughs) I didn't have any belief. I think it's I think it's potentially stupidity. Um when Are I think back to what never. I was doing. No, I mean not having any experience of really how to um, you know, uh make money, how to commercialise what I was doing as well. That's really tricky. And I was still having to pay bills, you know, I'm not kind of uh so there were definitely some ropey moments where I was like, What am I doing? Like, how do I actually make this work financially as well? So there was a lot of that kind of thing that went on in the beginning. But um it was it was a kickstart for me and then other people went to that person's house and then I got another house and then I got another house and that just kept me busy you know and kept the ball rolling and I built and built and built more work and um and I got and those clients were amazing as well because they kind of gave me a little bit of creative freedom and that was the first time um that I what you know it helped me understand what it would be like to actually have creative freedom I've never had I've never had that in a job before you know that's so I'm so impressed by that story like you know because probably one of the most vulnerable points in your life like you've just became a mum and you're juggling this new life and having to bring up this this human being and that's when you decide to like just go for it but there must have been something in you although you're saying obviously that kind of you know the the self-doubt I'm sure and the difficult moments of like is this actually financially viable but you obviously wanted to do it so wanted it enough to go for it yeah I think I think there would just be some at any point there was definitely points in the very beginning where I was like I'm, I'm totally burnt out because with interior design um it's it's so kind of emotional especially with, with residential interior design it's so emotive for people and every detail counts you know like this small vase you know this small ornament you know the paint color here this we go down to the tiny details and each element you know takes a lot of uh, you know you really have to be able to understand your clients very very well and very closely to 
to be able to allow them to trust your kind of um, thought process with their own homes. You know, it's such a mm. sort of personal journey for them. So, um, but you know, ultimately as a business and I have to make it work, um, I need to make a living, you know, as well. So there has to be kind of um, clear, that's what I, the biggest learning that I've had over the last couple of years is understanding how to, um, you know, sell a service to somebody um, while also making sure it's really clear guidelines as to how it works um, and covering myself all the time so that I'm not running around um, like a blue arse fly earning no money because that is what it can actually end up in because you do so much and there's a lot of there can be kind of oh actually I don't know about that maybe we'll go for this so you have to kind of have contingencies and always covering yourself for those kind of eventualities which do come across and you know especially when we're knocking down walls and rebuilding and restructuring the internal parts of people's houses that is Mm -hmm. when unforeseen things can happen all the time and I have to be able to um you know uh, deal with any issues that arise yeah. and take all the stress away from my clients without them having to panic or I deal with all the tradespeople and I kind of allow everything to happen more smoothly yeah I've there's that skill set do you know what I mean no 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 you haven't absolutely not it's just that huge skill set, set like you're saying it's not just being able to pick out a nice pink colour and put curtains next to it do you know what I mean like it really isn't it's that project management and, and that dealing with other people and obviously you've drawn on all the, the experiences you had prior to starting the business but um, like what would you say is your signature style or your personal style in terms of interior design? I, I guess, obviously, when you work with a client, you're wanting to produce something that they want and they, they're happy to live with and it's it's them. But I guess people come to you because they're like, oh, I love what Barbara does. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's a weird it's a, it's a a weird one for me at, right at this moment because it's the first time we've just moved to Brighton, first house that we've ever owned. Um, and it's the first time where I'm actually starting to stretch my own sort of wings in terms of what I like um, and I'm very good at working with a brief I think I think that's something I can kind of get inside people's heads and really understand who they are and it might just be simply because they have a really beautiful old armchair that was handed down to them so that's where we kind of start the style point of and I understand lots of different styles so I can really kind of tailor each design to um, each individual client and I don't like to necessarily impress my own style on onto them um, so, so it's a tricky one of, you know, uh, I have had other designers say to me, no, you're going to need to start pushing and, and you know, kind of uh, slimlining your design style in. So it's it's much more all about like what your offering is, because if you go too thin on the ground on too many different designs, it's hard to know who to cater to. But um, but yeah, it's it's the first. So I, yeah, I've got I've got a lot of very varied designs in my portfolio, especially because I've worked on lots of different TV shows now, and the briefs have been, you know, the the whole point is the briefs are supposed to be very different and very varied. So so yeah, but my personal design style is colourful, bold, um, lots of uh, kind of geometric shapes, and and yeah, playful. You know, I'm not very into very tight floral patterns, things like that. I'm not very into like a kind of blousey sort of traditional design. But um, my architectural training definitely plays in now to my um, design style because I'm probably, I lean to that kind of um, Mies van der Rohe sort of, um, you know, mid-century sort of German Scandi design. So it's a bit minimalist, but with more colour and more pattern. Yeah, but I, I definitely like that that Scandi sort of um, uh, vibe, but with more colour, I think. Yes, I mean, your hallway is, like, to die for. It's like the dream. It's just an injection of, like, colour and pattern and fun. Like, you said the word fun. I'm like, it's, it's playful. I love that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have to say it's been so nice to just go, I don't care what yes. anybody else wants. I'm not working to a brief anymore. I want to do this just for us, just for our family, and just for, you know, me, my husband, the boys, and they love it, and I understand what my husband likes too, I know the shops, the the fashion that he likes, I know the kind of, and, uh, you know, he's really brave with colour, what he wears as well, and he's not scared to kind of, uh, you know, push the boundaries with what he wears and stuff, so that's fun for me, because I can be like, right, what about this, and he's always, he just loves it anyway, Um, but yeah, no, it's been, it's been um, a lot of fun, you know, I was showing my son Jackson one of the pictures, you know, the before and after picture and I was like look this is your hallway and I was like and look at the before one and we I flicked it through to the kind of beige monstrosity that it was and he I just went and do you remember what it was like before and he said 
I don't want to look at it. <laughs> I was like, yes, Jackson, yes. <laughs> a review for, for sure, a brilliant yeah. review. Yeah, I don't always get good reviews, by the way, and people it's are like, yes, yes, it's, it's interesting. And I like that. I don't want it to be like the beige thing that everyone likes, you know. It's just, I wanted it to be like impactful and fun and different. I, I've had people being like, so you can actually live in that? And I'm like, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I love like, that no. adventurous side, though. Do you know what I mean? Like your space should, you know, inspire you and make you feel at home. Yes, like you, you know, it should feel like a part of you. Like you've put your stamp on it, and and it's totally unique. Like I, I absolutely love yeah, it. Thank you. So, like in terms of like your creative process with a client. So let's take your your home, and you know, someone comes to you like you were saying to me before we started recording. Like someone comes to you with an idea or like a, a brief or even like a blank canvas they're just like can you do something with this room what is your creative process where do you go to first well so I have um before I meet I know I sound really boring talking about systems and processes but it's so important because it helps me understand my clients so I have this really long questionnaire that I get my clients to fill out before I even you know pick up a pencil and it really it's like lots of very personal questions about you know uh, your favourite restaurants that you've been to, are there any, uh, you know, objects that you remember in your kind of family homes that evoked a lot of beautiful memories, all of that type of thing helps me, it's these little nuggets, I'm trying to dig into people's past and help them to understand their future and what they what they kind of believe that their space can be like, um, or their home can be like, so, so it starts at that point, long questionnaire, lots of talking, digging into who they are, I might visit their current property, a lot of people are like, but this is not who, we don't want it to look like that. We don't like this. But they might be like, but I do love this piece of art. This was something that was handed down to us. I like something that has a kind of depth or character to it. And that's that's where I build from. But mm. also my job is to push my, my clients out of their comfort zones as well. Yes. Because otherwise, what's the point in hiring me? I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of uh, make something that is is, you know, more inspiring and it functions to the to exactly how you live so it starts with a kind of questionnaire the softer touch about who they are as people what style they like is it about where you've traveled is it an incredible journey that you went on or is it a restaurant that you went to or is it um, is it a film that you watched or is it the the fashion that you wear i look at people's wardrobes all the time to try and to try and dig in who they actually are you know so it's it's just finding those little clues everywhere once i've got that and once i feel like okay i think that represents both of because remember it's a couple as well most of the time it's a bit of a therapy session to kind of like um (laughs) like i've got you people i've got you (laughs) yeah it's about kind of merging those styles if it's a couple or you know um, so that's the starting point and then it's all about right how do you want it to function because obviously there are things that are not working you know is it like oh we have to walk around that that's really annoying when we have to walk around this section of the room like this and the table's too big here and I can't fit around this this is awkward and um, or like I can't see over the top there the TV's too high the thing is here. so it's like digging into all the annoyances that are happening at the moment and then it's like okay well you know I get a lot of like we want this to be an office plus a yoga room plus a playroom but we also need to be a guest room but it's all it's all about being clever with storage being clever with things that pull out fold away um, you know so so I like that I like the difficult things I like finding out what's annoying you how can we find a solution to it so it's really that's it the the um, the presentations for my clients don't start until I've done a survey of the space I take all the measurements I put together 3d models and then I put together the concept design so the concept design will include something like um, a mood board it'll include paint choices it'll include fabric choices uh, what I think the window dressings could be like the floor um, samples the tile samples the you know here's an example of what the sofa could look like this is these are and, and a lot of the mood board is just it can even be like you know in fashion images or it can be um, it can be I mean I've done like so many a, a picture of a trainer that I know that they would really love that I've put things like that in or if it's a child's bedroom it's like a child's toy that I was kind of building a colour scheme from or you know, so it's, it's kind of like, it's supposed to be emotive at that point. It's supposed to be like, we want it to look and feel like this. These are the types of emotions that we want it to do. And then it's about um, the the functionality. So then it's, it's really just kind of, this is the furniture that we're going to need. If you really want this to look amazing, we're going to have to have 
a sofa, an armchair, a snuggle seat. We're gonna have to have lighting here, floor lamp, table lamp. If we wanna let this let this room light this room properly, then we need to kind of really stretch ourselves and we need to have a, a rug over here and then throw soft furnishing. So I kind of that first um, presentation is like, right, here's the scope of the project now. Because I work to people's budget, but I also work to people's wish list and they rarely line up. So it'll be like, you know, we have ten grand to do this room, but we want like all of this you know so we yes. want we want everything so it's it's about managing people's expectations at that of point course. so i normally i normally design what i think their wish list would be you know they've asked for bespoke carpentry they've asked for cornicing they've asked for ceiling roses they've asked for new flooring they've asked for you know all those different elements and then yeah i show them i show them the potential of the room and usually that's a really great meeting because it's I, I rarely have anyone that's is not um you know convinced by the design because I think I've done enough listening at that point to understand what I was they really need. Say it. It's so intense, like so thorough the work that you put in behind the scenes before anything happens. Do you know what I mean? Like it sounds to me like you really like care and you curate and really spend that time learning who the people are that you're creating a space for. You're not just like, I can make a lovely space for any human. Like it's for that human or those humans yes. that live there. I do it for two reasons. One for my class because I have to make sure that they it's a representation of them but I also do that much kind of digging and back work um, because I have to otherwise I'll be I'll just be redoing work over and over again if I don't hit it first and I haven't done all yes. that back work beforehand and I don't get sign off on that first um, presentation then I'm just running around in circles doing more and more and more work and that's not um, financially valuable for the client or for me. So so it ha- that has to work. It's more complicated it ha- because it is, as I say, it's emotional. I have to make sure that I'm really understanding their style and their direction at that point. So I usually get sign off um, at the concept, which is great. There's usually like maybe... Mm, we were we'd rather you know like a, a high-backed armchair instead of you know a kind of low snuggle seat there'll be like maybe a couple of a couple of uh kind of nudges either way mm. and then the next stage i go into is actually sourcing so it's sourcing and kind of budget management so um that must take a lot of time as well do you know what i mean like guess you'll have your go-to once you, you know you have like an idea of what you would you know, you'll have your go-to companies that you're like oh i know i can get that kind of thing there but still it must be a massive amount of work just to source all those things within a budget yeah exactly so it's tricky because every item has got so many different boxes that it has to tick because it would say for just for example a sofa it needs to be the arms need to be at this height and then the back needs to be at this height and the fabric needs to be of this color because it's going to sit against a wall that is of that color and the pattern needs to be there and then you have to think about the scale the size of that and then you've got to think about how much it costs as well because i normally allocate when i look at their budget i first of all before i even start sourcing i'll kind of put a number to each item right i want to try and find a sofa that is two grand so that everything else can fit within the budget so there's there's a bit of that that happens if i'm if say for example i've put two grand to a sofa and i find one and i think it's great but then i see one along the way that i'm like "Mm, it's way over budget i'm going to show them it anyway i usually do that as well so it just depends but if I don't see something that really is a kind of standout, then... But it's always worth kind of allowing people to see what they can get within their budget and what they can if they just they, they have a little bit more. Because sometimes people do. A lot of um, clients will sometimes say, we've this is our budget and we can't move. And then other people are like, this potentially move movement in it mm. so it's just it's that's the kind of push and pull so the next presentation is like these are the exact products these are the quotations from all the different trades people so i go into the property with all the different trades people so it might be electricians plumbers tilers cornicing specialists uh bespoke upholsters carpenters the whole thing there is a lot that can be involved and i i generally meet all of them i try and get them either all on the same day or, or a couple of days um sit in the space, show them the designs that I've put together, the measurements, then they take away my measurement documents and then they have to put a quote to them and then I have to wait for them all to bring back their quotes and then I can go back to my client with a, a whole kind of budget proposal and say, I know you want to spend 10 grand, but it's now going to be 20 grand if you want all of that. So where are we going to cut corners? Or do you want to take budget that you were going to put to another room and put it all to this room and focus on this room, get all the energy, get your wish list and then it's so there. That That's the first two <laughs> stages. <laughs> So there's a lot, it's tricky. So the second, the first presentation is great because it's like, whoa, our room is going to look like this. This is incredible. And then I come back on the second presentation and I'm like, 
well it is going to cost a bit more than you thought and um, not always to be honest i work within a budget fine so it's it's all good but it is it's when you talk about money it's always the more stressful um kind of meeting but once that gets signed off which it usually does there's maybe a little bit of push and pull on some things um then we go into project management that's when all the um trades people get hired we i have to put a schedule together as well for them and i have to put contingency in there as well we have to say you know if anything any issues arise then you know and a lot of my clients um, live in the properties while the work is happening depending on what room but if for example i've just finished a kitchen design and it was a it's a big part of their house um they were just like we're going to go on holiday for the summer we're going to um then live in a space for we've rented out a space for a certain amount of months um so that the work could happen so that is normally the best thing um you know especially when a lot of people were working at home especially a room like a kitchen or a bathroom or something do you know what i mean like you can maybe work without a living room for a wee while but especially if you're going big scale like full on like the whole thing's getting ripped yes exactly i mean everybody underestimates the amount of dust <laughs> in their house yeah well, as, as someone who's doing her own kitchen now oh, and i'm just like when will the dust ever go away well listen i'm on the, the thing is is that i really understand every, every type of person the high-end budgets and then the lower-end budgets because i'm working to a zero like hardly any budget you know we're like we we're not you have to have a lot of money to design your home i think this is actually the potential problems with things like interior design masters because it gives this idea of like oh but you did it for two grand on the show and it actually is it's slightly it's very fudged you know so um so i think it gives a, a not um and especially things like instagram i have clients saying i really want this wallpaper and i'm like well that's the gurney and per roll that's about you know 500 quid per roll and then Oof, you might need right, you might need 12 yep. rolls per you know oh, so you can very co- it's it's hard instagram's so great because it's allowing people to open up their minds so oh god like I, yeah i love design i would love it. and it stretches their boundaries but it's it can also be um deceiving in a lot of ways so it's about kind of managing everybody's expectations that is just instagram as like a you know as a whole in it it's like just like it's a highlight reel a lot of the time and we've just got to be like not exactly. just take everything up yeah. into your salt and be like yeah you can be inspired but yeah it's um yeah not you know like you see somebody on their holiday and you think that their life is like perfect and you're like that's a moment <laughs> well exactly you can see the backdrop here <laughs> my hallway might look nice but the rest of my house is really horrific it's just it's just blank white walls everywhere because i've not really done anything so um yeah <laughs> but i'm not going to put that on instagram and i've had clients say as well when i've worked on i've worked as a design producer on tv shows as well and um like a lot when we're coming to style the rooms before it's filmed a lot of the clients who are part of the shows are like oh it feels so styled like i i don't really live like this and i'm like well nobody on tv really wants to see your knickers hanging off the back of your armchair and stuff like don't worry the jeans <laughs> on the floor they can be put back up we don't like, really want nobody, to this. nobody knows nobody <laughs> thinks you live like this it's just that we don't want to see all the dirty laundry you know correct <laughs> but um yeah let's let's jump on to the tv thing then where did that come from was that something that someone else encouraged you to do or was it just like you you know you thought that's a way in or that's a way forward for me mm, I, nobody encouraged me to do it to be honest i had uh, just moved to brighton i was pregnant with our second uh, second son i don't know what it is about me having babies it's it makes me like do weird things with flow. my career <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> They say, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> but yeah, I, but we just moved to Brighton. I was tying up a few projects still in uh, London and, and, and we kind of have this stage where, um, yeah, we were just, I was just about to have the baby in the December and this is in 2019. And I was sort of like, what am I going to do when the baby comes here? I've just got a client base up in London and I've moved to Brighton. How am I going to get, how am I going to, get work down here am I go- I basically started doing a lot of applying to jobs at that point because I thought maybe I could actually get into a studio maybe it's this is the point where I start to get more uh of an understanding about working for a practice which I'd never done and I think I really need that too um, so I kind of started applying to different companies and I was really just starting to think about any old thing I was like what different options do I have because I know that I'm going to take four months off um but then what so i was kind of prepping for that and it was at that point that i watched series one of interior design masters and it was i don't really watch design shows because it feels too much like work or something but that was that was that first series was the first one where i thought oh they're they're designing commercial spaces it wasn't just bedrooms it was like you know all sorts of you know retail everything 
so I was like maybe that if I don't know I was just such a sort of like random idea where I thought if I applied to that maybe that would allow more people to see my business and that might get me more work in the long run I mean that was as far as it went and I sent out like quite a half hour sort of um uh, application to it it was one of the girls Nikki who was on the first series she um she put on some sort of Instagram thing of like you know the next series is coming up if you're an interior designer out there you should just do it because it is an amazing experience I've had a lot coming out of it and I was like, oh, sorry, I'll just, I'll just put that. That was one, one task of the day. And then I had, um, yeah, I had my son Lennox in the December. And then um, it was probably the February, I think, that we went into lockdown, wasn't it? It was kind of end of February, March or something. Yeah. And um, I think it was the April. So we were all in lockdown. We were all just sat at home being like, what, what is going on? And that's when I got an email from uh, the Interior Design Masters crowd saying, we'd like you to come in for a casting thing or do a casting call with us. And I was like, all right. So I, I just, I honestly, even just at that stage was like, oh, nothing's really going to happen from this. So I did a casting call and then that just, it just went all quiet. So it was just the summer I just had my, the baby, we were off with like, you know, nobody was really doing anything with all my projects that were about to kick off had been put on hold. So we were, we were just, yeah, at home, like, um, like everybody else. And then around the August, I think it was, it was kind of like the, the, the beginning of August, I then got a call and it was, um, it was like at nine o'clock at night. Um, and it was like a, a call from, um, Donna, who is the, the series producer, I think her title was. Um, and she was just like, Hey, um, just wondering if you had a moment to chat. And I was like, yes. Well, I just thought that it was already filming and that I just hadn't got it. I just hadn't even, it not really like crossed my mind. And she was like, we are starting to film series two of, um, Interior Design Masters next week. And we've just had somebody drop out. Um, would you like to be, you've always been our reserve. Would you like to um, be on the show? So from being in lockdown, having a baby, moving city, <laughs> it was suddenly like, and then they so they sent me the brief that night for the room that I was to design wow. in Oxford and then a van arrived at my door the next day an enterprise van and they were like go and design it and then go and pick everything up and we'll see you in Oxford next week that was honestly how quickly it was and we had a, a camera a little uh, cameraman and uh, you know an assistant came to the house and did a bit of filming of me like you know doing drawing on the table and stuff I was I was like what, the, what, what have I done and then also I was like, well, I need to find childcare. I've got nobody uh -huh. to look after the kids, you know, so I had to run around and try and that week, try and figure out getting, you know, people in to look after the kids so that my husband could still work because we weren't getting paid to do the show or anything as well. So it was like yeah. paying yeah. for childcare meant that, you know, all of that. Gosh. It's a very stressful time. Yeah, like, oh, we're God. on this train. Like, we're on this train now. We're going, we're going there. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. I think, uh, you know, myself and my husband just sort of went, Oh god, my headphones are falling out. I'm really sorry. Um, but yeah, so so that was it. We just had a chat, and I was like, I don't know. I think this could potentially be good for even if I just do one episode. That's it's on BBC Two. It's you know I could be talking about the business that could potentially draw clients towards the business or get more eyes on it. So that's what I did. So we just we just kind of went for it, and uh, and that was the starting point. It was probably I, I find it hard even looking back at it all because it's so it was so stressful. Great, but very oh, yeah. stressful. Intense. Yeah. Of course, Intense. yeah, it sounds it. Overall, are you happy that you did it? Oh, like beyond happy that I did it. I feel so lucky to have been part of it. I feel like it was like a once in a lifetime sort of opportunity. Um, I think I was, uh, it was an amazing experience as well. It was really hard work, but I met some incredible people on the show and it's led me on to so many new facets of my job you know design producing on other tv shows styling for other tv shows things like that that i would never have done and it also helped me develop things like the consultation now i can kind of reach people across country i have people that have seen i you know i've, I've done consultations for people in america as well i've done it for people over in ireland anyway so it's like it's it's kind of broadened that um side of the business as well which i would never have been able to do on my own yeah because you did you've done um, the channel five program as well as dream home makeovers yes. as well like that was amazing i love that bedroom well that that was a mood board where i put some some really cool trainers on the mood board because i wanted to sell the idea to him and i was kind of searching i knew the color scheme that i wanted for that bedroom um but i was like how do i sell this to him because it's lilac and green and navy you know emerald green and navy 
So I found a trainer that had those colors on it, high top Nikes, and I was like, "Look, you like, you like this? See, <laughs> see, this is good because he had such a great like trainer this collection on your wall." <laughs> exactly. So there was a lot of that. I'm trying to like you know place little seeds in people's minds. So, uh, so yeah, no. So that was amazing getting the call from Sophie after Interior Design Masters. I felt like I'd won Interior Design Masters just with her calling me and asking me to be a part of her show because it was just like again, she's an incredible designer. She's somebody I've always followed and respected um i just think she's absolutely amazing and it was incredible working alongside her you know i learned huge amount from her from that show but also you know she gave me the freedom to kind of do you know design certain elements you know some of the designs i would i would kind of go to her with the design and then other elements you know we work very closely together and some of them she would be much more directing the style so we did so many different designs on that show um, and it really, it was the first time that I was able to really understand what a collaborative design experience, a really positive collaborative design experience can be like. Um, yeah, she's such a talent. So yeah, I was over the moon. It's lovely to hear that those experiences have, you know, the, the chances that you've taken, the opportunities you've just grabbed and went, right, okay, we're doing this, like, you know, five minutes ago, I, you know, I didn't know I was going to be on the telly, the mora, you know, but because I really admire that, that kind of gumption just to go for it because, you know, the telly sounds lovely and sparkly and shiny, but you already had a business there that's your baby that you've built up. And there's there's a certain element of risk, I guess, going on a TV show or, or, or just even stepping into a, a different realm, like a different world that you don't know. And, and you know, all the skill set that you have, you know, you're, you're obviously, you were confident in your ability to do it, but it's just a different world entirely going into TV. So I just really admire that. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. The risk thing was there as well because... Um, I had this business it could have just fallen flat in its face and then it just stopped me from getting any work if I'd, if I'd come to it with uh, I mean I didn't know how it was going to go I didn't really know the process of the interior design masters as well so um, I'm lucky that the designs that I did do the small amount of designs that I did do they were like received really positively and um, you know I had such so many so many lo- lovely comments and yeah, it instilled me with a bit of confidence as well because I was like, you do flounder sometimes. You're like, am I, am I? But you ha- ultimately you have to just follow like your gut and think. I think this looks great. These are the types of designs that I like. So I'm just going to show it. I'm just going to try and take an opportunity to show it as much as possible. So yeah, so no, so I was really lucky. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, great experience. You've crammed like so much into like a short period of time as well like just the timeline that I understand like of the age the age of your kids I'm like you've done a lot <laughs> like you've ticked a lot of boxes within that time frame yeah the time frame doing it with the kids has been really tricky because at the point when I was doing interior design masters I was going away for a week and then I was coming back for a week and then I was going away for a week and then I was coming back for a week it was it was about 10 weeks overall like the actual filming of it and um, so I would go away film it then we'd get our next brief and then we'd have a week to prepare for it but it was so stressful um you know the whole tv side of it as well because you're constantly aware of how you look as well I know that sounds but it's like I always said to people every day felt as if you know when you're getting ready to go to a wedding and you're like the fake tan the lashes the hair the thing the kind of the outfit the shoes what am I wearing how does that work with this that's how it was like every day by the end of it I was like but you're like trying to look nice as well because you're like I'm going to be on telly like it's a weird thing well I mean I did comment as soon as you come on the screen I was like why do you always look so stylish I was exhausted I was getting up at like 5am that's the truth of it I was like trying to throw on makeup like half asleep exhausted I'd been like going to bed late trying to figure out a design and then waking up the next morning being like oh let's put on fake eyelashes I love that honesty like because I spoke to an actor last week and she said also the the same thing about seeing yourself on camera and and that you being the product you know and obviously Mm -hmm. as an actor that's that is you know you're you're kind of forced to see yourself back and that's obviously not something you had to had to consider prior to never interior design masters you're like oh no no, i've got to look at myself in the daily as well as my designs yeah i kept thinking i don't want to look back this is going to be on tv forever anyone's going to be able you watched it last night so i mean anyone's going to be able to watch at any point and it's also i kept thinking this is like a representation of uh who i am as a designer for my clients or potential clients Mm -hmm. So I was like, so there's a part of like looking nice, and then of course the design. That's the first thing that you've got. If you, the, the, if you think the design shit, <laughs> then there's no point in any of it. But you know, and then I just wasn't seeing the kids as well. And Lennox was so young. I suppose if anything, it was a good time because he was so young, he, he didn't really notice as much. And um, he was only six. He was six months old when I did it. So, um, so it was like it was quite tricky. And then I'd come back, and obviously as well, when you when you think.
think about your partnership when you go away they have to take on all they're doing their job anyway but they have to take on all the childcare. so then when you come back you they're like okay i've done it all for this yeah it's it's your job now and you're like oh yeah really i'm that's great because i and you but i'm also like oh my god i've got to put this design together in a week and i've got to go out in the van and source everything and pick it all up so it was and i was like no i'll take on all the morning stuff and the drop-offs and the don't i'll do it all but and bedtimes and i was just like i'm so exhausted (laughs) it's a really tiring experience it was it was brilliant but it was it was full on and i think uh, it was definitely worth it but i i found it i find it quite hard watching like i watched a bit of the new series and the next series is coming up as well i think they're filming it now and uh i find it just raises my anxiety when i watch it so i'm like i really want to get behind everyone and watch it and go through the whole experience but i don't know if i can bring my brain back there it's like very tiring and i didn't do the whole thing (laughs) i mean i mean you say like it's 10 weeks that's a big chunk of your life yeah to like just like switch out of your life like a way to do this thing but I mean it does sound obviously that you on the whole you did enjoy it and you feel like it was a positive experience and you've learned so much from it but yeah that is the reality that is the behind the scenes of Instagram again and it's like nobody sees that bit nobody <laughs> and that's that just bit. running a business like there'll be lots of that juggling act of having a family having your own business like it sounds like you know when you are you're working with a client it is so like involved and hands-on and that kind of dance that you've almost got to do with all the people that are involved um it sounds a lot so you must be very passionate about it to to want to be able to do that yeah i think the thing that i learned was just like you can't get to the point where you're totally burnt out and you're trying to do it all you just simply cannot do it all um nobody can uh so it's like right if you want to pursue this thing and you want to pursue this business this line of business and you want to really give it a shot then you have to put sort of childcare in place. You have to put boundaries in place. You have to be able to say, I don't work past this time or I do. I also, I don't really talk about, I don't kind of think about the kids when I'm working as well. Like I have to just get into the zone. I often think like, just think like a man, like guys have been doing this for years. They just get, they just, you know, get their head into work. They just do a good job. And it's all for the bigger picture, for the reason for your family and for, you know, kind of building that life um, for all of you. So I try to just kind of go, this is where I'm at home. This is where I'm working. This is when I'm back at home and I can be present because when I've, I've been through stages of this career so far where um, I've been like, oh, I can, yeah, I can, I can do a bit of work while the kids are here and I cannot, I'll make mistakes in work or I'll be just not present with the kids and stuff. So I separate, I just put boundaries in place and I separate it so that I can do both of those things and do all the different elements mm-hmm. in my life, but make sure that the thing, those different parts aren't overlapping um, because that's when you get to that thing of like, I'm not doing anything right and it can be, it can be quite stressful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds very sensible. Yeah, absolutely. You've given so many great pointers in terms of advice, like for anybody. Like I was just listening to you, thinking like if anyone's listening, whether they're in that business or whether they're considering it, like even just running your own business doesn't matter what it is. I think like you've given such great advice, and you know, along the lines of like, you can you can do this, but there are sacrifices and there's boundaries you need to put in place to to make it all work. Kind of thing, whether you've got a family or you know other kind of considerations to take on board but it sounds to me that you've curated this this life and this career that you want and that you've worked really hard to get to it's it's super impressive for sure thank you yeah no I'm lucky I mean I I suppose the god if it was like any advice or the from the mistakes that I've made um would be that uh the thing with interior design is that people still view it as a kind of like oh you're an interior designer oh my god like cushions and oh it's like so nice and it's such a nice job like people I often when I say people I'm a a, tell people that I'm an interior designer it's met with that type of reaction like oh that's such a great job oh like how enjoyable and I went into it thinking like that as well oh my god I'm so lucky I just love picking soft furnishings and you know furniture and paint colors and I love doing that anyway so I could just easily turn this into a job um but it's not it's so much more complicated than that and my my sort of uh advice to anyone is get a bit of like the business of interior design think about that first of all make sure that you can um you understand the structure of how to structure out a project um terms and conditions it's all the kind of law part it's all of that you need to make sure you're covered 
um, you need to make sure and then all all then that getting all the kind of nitty-gritty stuff the basis kind of how do you financially do this that will allow you to be a good designer because if you just go into it thinking all of the the kind of the, jo the job will fall into place I just love doing this so it's it's I'll just do it because I love it um, that's when burnout can happen <laughs> that's when you're like I'm exhausted I'm now resentful yeah yeah like you're not having a nice time like you're like knocking your pan in and it doesn't, nothing seems to be working but also like you know you're working with other people's money and you know like a lot of money but the sounds of things you know in some projects so it's like that responsibility like it sounds to me you take it really seriously like the business aspect of it that you know you're doing the right thing by your client but you're also doing the right thing by yourself because I think it's like I can do a good job for them I yeah. totally you know because working in the arts I think a lot of people will um, you know relate to this you know like oh well, you like you know you love your job and you're like I, I know but I don't pay my bills with fresh air <laughs> you know what I mean like I could choreograph <laughs> all day long and have a lovely time but I still have exactly. to like pay the bills do you know what I mean and I can't be there yeah. till like midnight you know when I was supposed to finish at nine you know because yes. I have a life and I have responsibilities and things and yeah and when you do love your job you know that kind of thing if you love your job you never work a day in your life I'm like no 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 <laughs> Like, if you love your job, you'll pure knock your pan in. So true. You have to basically like your job a little bit and then most of all uh, sort of be realistic about it. Because, yeah, you're right. I think if you... Um, to allow me to be to be because often because you're in it's such an emotive emotive experience for my clients it's very personal so I'm really in their lives I really need to understand them and their kids and their family and their animals and their whatever I need to really like so that I can go do a, a great design that represents them but then if you're doing that out of hours then you're constantly thinking about somebody else's family and somebody else's life and you start thinking God, I need to like remember that I've got a family and I've got my life and I need to think about you know how I am for them so it's important to set up those boundaries with my clients like calling between these hours like these are when we having this is when we are having meetings like this is when if you're changing your mind at this point this is when charges can occur like it's so that I'm not just kind of running around like a blue arse fly basically and uh, awesome. and sort of making somebody else's dream home come to life and then forget about you know my life as well so it's, it's important to get that balance it's important to get all the kind of the base work right first of all get the structures get the boundaries in place understand uh, what you're going to charge when you're going to charge it all of that that will allow you the freedom to then then you can be like happily i'll do it i'll bend over backwards for you i can do anything you need do you need me to change that no problem that's fine because i've covered myself here financially do you need me to do this yeah i can do everything with a smile instead of being like oh crap you've asked me to do more more i can't do more i'm already at the top of my limit so it's like i want to be a yes person but to be a yes mm -hmm. person and to be able to deliver and to be able to cover everything and and take all the stress away from people because that's my job and um, i have to be able to uh be in the right headspace for that and to do that yeah, you've got that infrastructure there to keep you yeah. right yeah and i think that sounds to me like that clients would then be more trusting and have more confidence in you because they're like you've got everything covered like you're you're sorted like you, you've thought of every eventuality so it sounds to me like you know like i was saying you've crammed in so much in such a short period of time you've done you know amazing designs you've worked you've done these wonderful tv programs that have you know boosted your confidence boosted your career and given you more experiences what is next, Barbara? <laughs> do you have like a wish know. list or are you just more reactive to things like to phone calls at nine o'clock saying, do you want to come on the telly tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do have, I do have plans. I've got different, I've got, what I would really like to get into is kind of expand somehow, expand my knowledge. Because at the moment I've done residential, luxury residential design. That's, that's kind of, and I've done some commercial work, um, you know, but I would really, I'd love to become a designer that has a kind of ex uh, a bigger kind of range. I'd love to get into um, you know commercial design, whether it be hotels or um, retail or uh, restaurants or you know all of that type of thing. I'm not ex I don't have an exact route of how I'm going to do that yet, but I know that's the next step from an experience perspective. Um, and then and then yeah it's everything like product lines like designing furniture is another passion that I have as well so I'm like how do I how do I potentially get into that side of it too that's a dream um and I've got but I think at this moment I just need to get the next level of experience um you know and 
hopefully I mean the dream would be to have like a team of people behind me a small practice um but I don't know when that might happen and how that might happen so that's potentially where but I might need to do a little bit of this to get to that point first so but I I realized that even when I'm stressed with my work I still I'm obsessed with it I can't help it like you know I I tend to just open books and read them and you know and I can't help but go to places that has like a kind of design backdrop whatever so I know that I'm doing it anyway the job is a passion of mine but it's also something that I need to sustain you know a kind of income and a career from so it's it's finding the balance but I've the passion is there to learn and to to kind of understand the industry a little bit more so that's my that's my route just to keep learning I love it yeah I think that's really important like anyone I speak to in this podcast I'm always you know I'm always inspired by the fact that they are years into their career or they've got so much experience and they're still willing to to push the boundaries and push themselves and step out their comfort zone I think like that's like once you that is the passionate bit like once you stop wanting to learn and you you think you know it all then you know that's time to go like "Ah, I don't know if I should be doing this anymore so yeah it's lovely to hear that you've still you want to push yourself and you want to try new things like I think that's so important and um yeah I'm sure you'll just soar whatever you do next thank you now, I am aware that you are a busy person, but I'm going to ask you a few of the hingamajig questions, which are just random questions that I like to put to each guest at the end of the podcast, if you okay. will indulge me. Mm-hmm. And the first one I can see is talking about music. Let's go back to music. Best gig you've ever been to? Uh, it's Basement Jacks in the Barrowlands. Oh, yes. Yes. Love it's just amazing. I, I mean, there were other gigs that I've been to that I've loved, but that one was like oh my goodness just dancing sweating it was years ago but basement jacks are about to play in um brighton at the weekend next weekend are you good so i'm like oh i get tickets i've got a friend's birthday so i don't know i'm not gonna be able to and also you know when you're like oh i just love that experience let's just keep it as that i think it would still be good though but it was incredible in the barras as well you know because it's it's such a it's like the best venue it really is it's just one of the best venues i've been to so yeah and do you get up to scotland much yeah we get up uh we were up when were we up a month ago or so we get up we used to go up literally all the time i mean it's actually the point where me and my husband were like we need to stop but then when we've had kids that slowed down a little bit it's more expensive you know like getting flights up or getting trains up and now we're in Brighton as well it's taking a little bit longer but we have family come down and visit us so we specifically set it up in our house so that we can put people up so throughout the summer we've had everyone coming to Brighton come on it's like the perfect little UK holiday destination so yeah so we've been enjoying that and um yeah but we'll go back up at Christmas time and we yeah we kind of tend to try and get up there when we can yeah, I love it up there. I do miss it. We were just saying, like, before we started recording, like, when you see somebody Scottish on the telly, you're still like, <gasps> Scottish voice, like, the ears prick up, you do that kind of, you like, meerkat, like, somebody Scottish on the telly. And, you know, and that, that, that kind of thing of people getting behind Scottish people. I think we're p- particularly good in Scotland at, like, champion our own, you know, and, and that's, like, when I saw you on Interior Design Masters, because obviously I had Terry and Tilston on the year before and then I saw you and I was like another Scottish person yes <laughs> I did feel that when I was on the show I felt that real like positivity and and it was it was a relief because you just don't know whether people are, are going to be like oh god like don't embarrass us come on there's hardly any of us on tv please don't embarrass us on tv <laughs> I had so many um like beautiful like humbling comments from people you know um and it did it just filled me with like more confidence it was like right okay like you know this is great like you do it for yourself anyway but when people like what you're doing and they're giving you good feedback it's like right keep going then keep going um so yeah so no it's amazing i'm i'm, I'm very lucky for that i think favorite quote or mantra i i don't know if i have like mantras i mean just like as more uh, what would i say i I usually think don't don't think about it too much and don't worry about making a fool of yourself too much. Just go into things with slightly rose-tinted sort of view of things because you might you might mess it up and if you do mess it up you'll probably learn some extremely extremely valuable lessons from it and if you don't mess it up then that's great you've had a new experience so just try and just not think about it too much just go for it that's normally what I do I like that advice as someone who's a major overthinker I'm like um, I'll take that I'll take that advice no my problem is I'm a bit too head in the sand it can work really well for me just being like oh you're so brave going ahead for that and I'm like yeah if I'd really thought it through I probably wouldn't have, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done it but yeah I'm, I'm quite just like don't think about it too much just put the blinkers on 
and go for it. Favourite view? And that can be an outside view or an inside view? Yeah, it's a definitely forest view. Forest view for me. That, that, that's potentially my dream My dream kind of uh, home is to have a kind of uh, Scandi log cabin in an enormous forest and just big, beautiful trees flying up to the sky all around us. Lots of dappled light. I go jogging um, a lot in like... Uh, like where we live, it's like right next to South Downs. There's lots of forests that we can run through in Stanmer Park and I go there and it's just like my happy place. And I do mix this up for every guest, but the question I do ask everyone, because it's called the Brawn and the Brave, is what's your favourite Scottish word or phrase? No. Or the one you can Scottish think of the day? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, my, do you know, my husband always says that I'm like so posh. He's from Cardonald, right? And he's always just like, you're posh. You, can you even speak? Can you even speak? Like, you Scottish. don't even have a Scottish accent. So. And then now I've got a, an English like son. So like both my sons are like correcting me. They're like, oh no, you're speaking Scottish. And I'm like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, no, so I'm not very good with like uh, like Scottish kind of slang and stuff. He would, if, basically if my husband was to hear me try and say some sort of Scottish slang, he'd be like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, what is she doing? But yeah, no, no, now I'm even on the, so, you know, Adrian's like, well, I'm from Cardonald and you're from Shawlands and now our children are from England. And he's just like, am I down here in the pecking order now? Did I just get corrected on my own language? He's furious about it. Our sons are now like, that's not how you say it, daddy. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that doesn't answer your question anyway. Sorry. Not at all. Not at all. Well, you are indeed brought and brave, Barbara Romari, for sure. Like, I am delighted that you're part of the Bro Brave clan. I can't thank you enough for taking the thank time you. to do this. And I wish you oh, every it. success and every joy in whatever you adventure into next. Thank you. Thank you so much. Total pleasure. <laughs> no, I've it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bro and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.